Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And I had to call in my expert, Linnell Buchanan, from the Clark Summit University to help me understand this. Sex addiction is real, Linnell, right? Yeah, um, and pornography addiction is one of the most powerful addictions out there, especially the most powerful of the electronic addictions. Um, it's a lot stronger than the electronic gambling, than, um, than gaming, than social media usage. Um, what researchers have found is that this is a, a really difficult um, thing. It escalates, and it's a difficult habit to break. Well, pornography has been around much longer. I, I thought that was the reason the Internet was invented in the first place, really. You know, oh, how can we get more porn? Oh, internet. And then it was invented. That's just saying how people think. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it, um, it, 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 it's porn has been around a lot longer than gaming. Well, but we have a we have a whole different kind of escalation going on nowadays than than in previous generations, and it is reaping some very devastating consequences. I'll give you a couple okay. illustrations. Uh, there was a news story last week um, where a woman shot her husband um, over pornography. Um, she shot and killed her husband. She um, was looking at it, or he was? No, he was. He had he had tried to order something. She'd canceled the order, and then he did it anyway. And so she shot him. She killed him. Um, another one, Pam Anderson was never writing worry a about column. about the side effects of it, do you? <laughs> yeah. Um, Pam Anderson, um, and this, for me, definitely ranked in the most ironic um, story I read last week. Um, Pam Anderson was writing a column for Dazed Magazine, and somebody asked her, what do I do about my boyfriend who seems to be in this kind of asexual phase? And Pam asked, some questions, and one of the questions was, is he consuming pornography? Because she believes that pornography is undermining intimacy and true sexuality and making a generation of men who are basically asexual in relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, this coming from Pam Anderson right. is, I was gonna say, she's is been just married. kind of, you know, but she's like... she's been married to some of the best, I think, Tommy well, Lee and, you know... But, but she has, she herself has been, I mean, she's posed, I think she has a record for posing for Playboy the most, you know. Um, so she has at times been that person for, uh, you know, in other women's lives. But here she is saying that the p- porn of our generation is really destroying young men. And so the research um, has discovered things like um, that that sexuality related to pornography and masturbation doesn't satisfy the way sexuality in intimacy and in relationship does. And so it leaves the brain craving more and more um, without letting it it relax and be satisfied. And that's what pushes people back over and over again and then causes them to do stupid things like download stuff on a school laptop. Okay, that one makes a little bit more sense because it's like you're chasing that temporary pleasure. Same thing you would do in, in a, a drug ad- addiction is you want, you, it's not enough. I got to get more. I got to get yeah, more. I got to get yeah, more. And it, exactly. And so here's part of the problem. Um, not only does frequency escalate, but even the 
perverseness escalates and then things that are not normal become normalized and things that are not safe become normalized and things that are not uh, not moral uh, are more normalized it is it's stunning to me the fact that there are huge swaths of pornography related to bestiality related to incest related to rape fantasies uh, and so, erotica was in the news yesterday yeah, so the more this stuff gets normalized then the more people think that first of all it's okay mm-hmm. um, and they're more likely research shows they're more likely to want to try it themselves well sex is now, natural right I mean it's what, what well, we're born to sexuality do. is phenomenal it's great but there there has to be a context around it to make sure that you don't hurt yourself or others and that's that's what this is rejecting that context that says if if you function in this way it's awesome but this um, pornography is escalating um, behaviors that are harmful to self and harmful to others and and normalizing it and here's the here's the really sad thing from from my perspective is um, for men who have consumed a lot of pornography, what they're discovering is that they're having a hard time. Um, they're having a hard time functioning in actual relationships. So it is destroying their ability to be sexual in the context of an intimate relationship because so they, so they are so addicted to the digital version. In a, a case like this, maybe, or we have a man who's married um, and he's otherwise happy with his wife. You know, and then he's downloading stuff. But is he going out and cheating on his wife as well? Is it causing um, other problems and friction? Well, not necessarily. He's not necessarily cheating with anybody else. Um, I mean, there there is some research that points to regular pornography use as increasing the potential for infidelity. However, for some men, um, the amount of pornography that they have experienced makes it less likely that they would even find satisfaction with another person and because it doesn't give them the same dopamine dopamine high. Then, how do you overcome something like this? Well, we're going to have to contend with this as a culture because the research has really um, kind of caught up to us on how toxic this is. Even from young men, um, there was some fascinating research that suggested that teenagers um, are not interested in in relational sexuality. And for those those of us who've been through that time period, that's mind-blowing. How is it that teenagers would not be interested in having sex with you? And it's because they're so addicted to the digital version and and nothing in real life matches up to the lie of the of the digital version the the draw of it so the research honestly is overwhelmingly negative i watched this fascinating video by russell brand um i don't know if you know who that is Mm-hmm. He's an actor, an English actor. He's done, um, uh, and musician, I think. He dated Katy, Katy Perry at one point and has done several movies. And he did this little video, I think, from his house um, and said, and read all of this information about the negative effects of pornography. And he said, listen, I see this in my life. And I think if I had total dominion over myself that I would not want to choose this. And, and yet he was acknowledging that sometimes he doesn't feel like he has total dominion over himself. Like, this is something that is a powerful, powerful draw. Him. No. So the research is overwhelmingly negative, but as a society, the approval uh, of pornography has has increased. Like, it's considered okay, and it's considered normal, and, and in some cases recommended. So 
why, when we see this, ne- I mean, the research is negative, 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 why are we then saying this is a good next choice for us? Right, exactly. Now, I have another question, too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, in a world where we excuse everything as, oh, they have a disease, oh, there's something wrong, do we, do we excuse, we don't just excuse this behavior, do we? Well, I think there's a difference between excusing and understanding. Okay. So we need to, as a society, understand the power of this as as something that can very quickly become kind of life-dominating and time-dominating, and that's especially important in regards to um, understanding what teenagers are experiencing with this, because often um, young people are introduced to this at such a young age, and they are not prepared for how it's going to affect them, and they are not prepared with a discernment um, to control it well. And if we understand the power of this, then I think we should be a little bit more supportive um, to try to help them make better decisions that won't have these negative ramifications. And I, I brought that up because I got a text and that said, hope Harvey Weinstein isn't listening. He will use addiction for his plea in court. Well, let me, let me argue this. Um, there's no question that is a very uh, solid, addictive property on the brain. I, I'm not sure that that removes accountability, and that's, maybe that's part of the disconnect in the way that I see addiction. Mm-hmm. There are some people that see addiction as something that you have no control over, and, and I don't think that's true. There's too many people who have conquered um, their, their habits, and most of those people at that point recognize their own, I mean, part of the 12 steps is to recognize your own responsibilities within it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I think that there, that I don't think addiction and understanding addiction should necessarily remove responsibility. No, yeah, no. I think hopefully it makes us work harder to help people to avoid it in the first place. Right, and as a society on a whole, it's something that's so acceptable. I mean, when you say somebody like Pamela Anderson, who's been known to not only pose in Playboy, but, I mean, look at the way she's dressed in a lot of the things. And I shouldn't even say that because, you know, you will woman the way she dresses you get yelled at for that too but seriously she used her own sexuality to become a star correct you know right um i also have somebody texting in sounds like she's borderline hates men in general what about women who watch porn but you did you pointed that out that pamela anderson had her own addiction at two correct well, and I, I certainly don't hate men, um, and I certainly I, I acknowledge that. Appreciate that, Woody. <laughs> I, I certainly acknowledge that um, that pornography is not just an issue for men, but a lot of the research has centered on men, and that's part of the challenge in this area. There has not been a huge amount of research on its effect on women, not anywhere near the volume that there is in its effect on men. So, so that's part of why I've, I've pointed to the male issue because there's a lot more research on it. Now, in regards to Harvey Weinstein, um, you know, part of what we have to recognize as part of the Me Too era is that there has been a, um, a way of looking at women that has been very normalized in our society. And it is really valuing women in their, in almost in the entirety for sexuality, for appearance, for, for how they gratify men. And, and that's, that's what has allowed some of these people in places of power to abuse that power 
as by taking advantage of women and and not caring about the women themselves. Just what can that women what can that woman do for me? Um, and this is this is a very negative trend in our society. And I think we have to push back against all of these forces that are depersonalizing women and kind of turning them into a chunk of, of meat. And and there's no question pornography contributes to that. Pornography contributes to um, a negative view of the opposite sex. What about, I mean, this, this one, a man, men become addicted to porn because we can get off with porn rather than honestly deal with the boatload of crap that women put us through in order to get sex. I mean, it, it, it's some excuse for being a poor, poor human being, I think. Uh, I, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> well, um, listen, there's no question that pornography is a lot easier than real relationships. Real relationships are complex, and it requires compromise, and it requires working with another person. But I, I would argue um, I've been happily married for 23 years, and I do mean happily married. Um, and That's in the, possible in, in 2018? Yes. And in, in those processes, um, I have found joy and, and satisfaction in this area of my life. So I think it's, it's definitely something that we should be aspiring to, the, the intimate side of sexuality, even though it takes more work. And there's no question that it takes more work. Right, I got another text. Sex addiction isn't just porn. It's, it has many ways. And that's well, that cool. is- well, I was saying, I, I put in context with that, he not only was downloading the porn on his device that was issued by the school, but or allegedly, he was also supposedly looking for escorts. So there's a tie there. Right. So, and that's still sex addiction. Yep. So what are the, and other than those two things, you know, going out and paying for it, like in Northeast PA, you have to pay for it. I see a lot of people giving it away for free. To me, that's some, you know, strong addic- addiction there. You know, what what else would constitute if you're, you know, you're paying for it, you're, what else is, do you consider sex addiction? Well, and, and I want to add this too, because I think that, um, that there's a whole lot of other things that, that affect the use of escorts and prostitutes as well. And it's not just a lack of availability. Sometimes it's a desire to make sure that there's no um, relational side effects, that there's, there's no strings attached to it, that that seems cleaner for people. Um, it, so cleaner. <laughs> yeah, well, it's they they don't have word. they don't have to walk away and you know care about the individual. They don't have to follow up relationally, et cetera. Okay. So there there are people who would prefer that um, over a real connection I'm with all, somebody that they wouldn't have to pay for. I'm almost thinking we should have had you in the studio for this discussion because we could probably go on for hours. <clears throat> uh, we've normalized all perversion in this country. Pedophilia will be next. They are born that way. Will be their cry. And is that? I mean, that's the fear we're coming to with any of this. Well, and the difficulty with this dialogue is it's often um, dismissed as a slippery slope fallacy because um, because it, it can be. It absolutely can be used that way. Um, but, however, um, there was a recent TED Talk where that assertion was actually made um, that that pedophilia is a inborn thing and we need to stop condemning it. Um, so, so I think, unfortunately, it is it is something that there are those who will consider that normal and okay. Now, I'm, I don't think the whole of society is ready to go there. All right, and one more, uh, one more question before I let you go, okay? 
And now, this person sends me a message that says, where is this woman coming from? I don't think like this. Garbage talk. Which What I think they're saying is, just because you look at porn doesn't mean you're an addict. Correct? Well, that, well and that is, um, that is true. But that is true on its face. However, we the the research is just undeniable on this that the the way the dopamine is released in in habitual use of pornography will change the brain. And and so you don't have to like what I have to say, but I'm going to tell you about the research that's out there because the psychological research on this um, is a really solid body of research. All right. So Explain that to me so I can understand a little bit better. Like, it's based on research? Oh, yeah. There is a ton of research on the impacts of pornography. I mean, tons and tons of tons of solid research out there. And it really speaks to the fact that um, the dopamine that is what that's what's released in those peak experiences of our life, it's usually released during um, relational sexuality. It's definitely released during pornography, and it, but it's released a little bit differently. It's released without a break. It's released without a dip in it that is kind of the satisfaction thing. So it leaves people craving more and more and more. So for some people, they might be able to visit periodically and walk away. But most people report, I think 56% um, report that not only does the frequency of their use increase, but the type of pornography is escalating in its perversiveness. They're looking for something more and something better. I'm going to have to have you in again to discuss some of these issues in our news, but I appreciate you checking in with us and explaining that a little bit better today. Uh, Linnell Buchanan, Clark. Summit University, you're chair of the counseling department and our expert on anything that has to do with uh, dealing emotionally in this world, pretty much, right? Or, or, <laughs> I wouldn't put myself there, but I'm but, glad I could join you, Nikki. I'm glad that you can give me some facts so we can understand things better. And we'll be talking to you again, Linnell. Thank you All right, so thanks. much. Have a great day. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.